Yeah, Mr. White. Yes, science. Yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah, it's Friday. Uh, it's not space. I know some of you on the text line, what about space Fridays? You don't do sp- Okay, we're going to get, we, we try to do space Fridays, but we've got science Fridays, kind of, sort of. This is a very interesting story that you may have seen on global news. There has been, I think hundreds, I think hundreds of earthquakes, uh, very small ones, but hundreds of them in a region of Alaska where there's a volcano. It has experts saying, you know what? We may be in for an eruption. Let's find out what's going on. We're going to speak with John Power, who is a research geophysicist with the U.S. Geological Survey, stationed in Anchorage at the Alaska Volcano Observatory. John, thank you so much for finding time for us today. I appreciate it. No worries. It's uh, great to be here. Um, now, I understand you're, you're, this is your job. You're, you, you predict volcanic activity as best you can. That's sort of the focus of your work? Uh, yeah, we, we like to say that we, uh, we forecast, uh, volcanic eruptions, um, rather than predict. It's more like forecasting the weather. Gotcha. Um, but yes, our, our, our job here at the Alaska Volcano Observatory is to keep tabs on all the volcanoes in Alaska and give warnings when, when they may erupt. Um, which you've done. Something we've, we've been in the business since 1989 and we, uh, we try and do a good job. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it must be a very interesting field of, of work. I'm, I'm just bring us to the because like we'll get into the fact that the alert level has been raised. You have issued the warning, but what led you to do that? What have you been observing? What's been going on in Alaska in the last little while? Well, at at this particular volcano, and it's a it's an interesting one. The, the volcanoes involved are is called Tanaga, which is a in a very remote stretch of the what we call the western Aleutian arc way out there in the islands of Alaska um, <clears throat> we uh, we began to see increased earth ac- increased earthquake activity even way back in uh, November of last year okay it uh, then began to uh, increase markedly about you know March 4th and uh, we've we've had literally thousands of earthquakes at this volcano uh, since March 4th it's you know come up waxed and waned a bit most of these are are smaller earthquakes, um, you know, magnitude two all the way up to magnitude four, which is getting quite large for a, a volcanic earthquake. And uh, based on that, there has been um, concern that this could lead to an eruption. So we've we've increased our uh, warning level, um, uh, actually twice now uh, since uh, since the current earthquake sequence began. So, John, uh, what's the, I mean, obviously it's it's geophysics and there, there's things happening there that are, are tied together. Explain to me the science in terms of, okay, we're seeing these earthquakes, we're seeing this activity, leads us to believe that we might be on the verge of a volcanic eruption. How do those two work together? Sure. What The way I describe this is, um, you know, you, you start having magma that's down inside the earth trying to force its way out in a volcanic eruption, typically... Prior to uh, that happening, we see a lot of earthquakes. This is as the magma itself is trying to push push the overlying rocks out of the way and make it to the surface. Um, it is, um, you know, it is difficult for us to say exactly, you know, when if it, if in fact this will lead to a uh, volcanic eruption. 
Um, a lot of times we see increases in earthquake activity, and then the magma itself doesn't make it quite to the surface. On the other hand, uh, many times it does. So we're, we're kind of in a, a wait-and-see um, situation here, but the uh, activity is continuing. We're, we're getting earthquakes magnitude 3, 3 and above, oh, every, you know, hour or two, and then, you know, hundreds of much smaller earthquakes uh, wow. occurring, you know, all the time. It's it's a very exciting sequence. Yeah, that's just amazing. It really is. Now, this Tanaga vol- volcano that we're talking about here, how long has it been dormant, and what could we anticipate? Should it erupt, what might that mean? Um, what's, uh, <clears throat> the last time that this volcano erupted that we know of was in 1914. So this one has been, um, you know, inactive for quite some time, you know, more than 100 years. Um, we suspect that if this volcano erupted, what it would do is first, and this is typical for many of the volcanoes in Alaska, it would put up a large cloud of ash, you know, pulverized yeah. volcanic rock that would, you know, up to 30,000, 40,000 feet. Um, the principal hazard, you know, this is a very remote volcano. No one, no one lives close by to it, which is lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but the principal hazard would be once this ash gets up, if it moves up into the jet stream and flight levels where aircraft are, are flying, all the aircraft that leave from North America heading to Asia or Asia back to North America, you know, they fly the Great Circle routes, which puts them close to this volcano. Um, the other, of course, hazard, if it does put up a big ash cloud that gets into the jet stream, that can um, move very rapidly downwind and impact, of course, um, communities here in Alaska, and, and farther. You know, frequently when we have large eruptions in Alaska, I'll, I'll talk to my friends in Alberta, yep. um, you know, we do have instances where that ash moves across, of course, British Columbia, Yukon, and then, then in, can impact you folks there in Edmonton, Calgary, uh, communities in central Canada. So it's, it's something we, uh, we pay very close attention to. Yeah, there's no doubt. I remember Mount St. Helens. I was just a kid, but there was ash on the cars. I mean, it it gets up there and it spreads a long, long way. Right. No, and it's uh, it is a concern for us. Um, we uh, we watch it very carefully, and we are, of course, it's an international effort. We're in touch not only with um, our own folks in the United States, federal aviation authorities, but also um, we work closely with you know folks in Canada as well as Japan, Korea. Um, when 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 we have a volcanic eruption that produces a lot of ash, it's it is an international concern. Yeah, and John, we don't know, right? I mean, the the, the alert level has been raised because the potential is there, but at this point, uh, it's it's a roll of the dice as to how this may end up, right? That is exactly right, and, and that is exactly the way to think of it. There's uh, there's no guarantees yeah. that this will lead to an eruption. In fact, many times we see increases in earthquake activity like this, and in the end, nothing happens. We did see at this volcano um, a smaller but similar, somewhat similar increase in earthquake activity back in 2005 that did not lead to an eruption. Okay. However, that activity was not nearly as energetic or pervasive. The earthquakes were smaller. There was much less much less earthquake activity in 2005, and, and that one did not lead to an eruption. So we're, we're of course, hopeful that this one won't either. We, 
we like to uh, keep the magma in the ground and the ash out of the air if we can. That would be best for all of us. John, fascinating stuff. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Hey, no worries. And um, I will, if I may, yeah. um, if folks are more interested in following the story, uh, we try and keep very updated information on our webpage, which can be found at... Um, Let's see, let me uh, make sure I'm getting you the right address here. Things do change. Uh, we are at uh, www.avo.alaska.edu, okay. and there are links there for all the volcanoes in Alaska that are currently showing unrest. It's a very busy time right now in Alaska. We've got six volcanoes that are showing anomalous activity, and Tanaga and uh, its neighboring volcano, Takawanga, are featured on the front page. There's uh, links there where you can get more details if you're interested. Awesome. John, good stuff. Thank you so much. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.